Hello beautiful people, welcome to Fake Talk with Butle and I am your host, Butle Beitu. Welcome to my world, welcome to my space, a place where I spill the tea about my personal journey with Christ. I talk all things faith and lessons I learned throughout my work with God, struggles of working with God and the mistakes that I've made in between, not forgetting the fun part of it. I also add some sugar to the tea by interviewing people who inspires me in this world and answering the audience questions, leaving you refreshed and inspired to add some harm to your relationship with God. So get comfortable, get your tea, and let's ride. Hey beautiful people, welcome back to my space. Thank you so much for joining me again tonight. We are on episode 4 and in today's episode, we are gonna be talking about testimonies. I'm going to share my testimony. I'm gonna spill the tea on how I came to Jesus and how God saved my life. How God saved me from myself and how God picked me up and told me, Miguel, I got you. I love you. And, you know, this is just a story of saying you are not too far gone for God to reach you, okay? You are not too far gone. His hand, it's not too short to reach you. It doesn't matter how far you are in sin or how far you are in your mistakes. God's hand, it's long enough to reach you out. So, let's take it back to my childhood, okay? So, I was raised in a mixed uh, religious home. I was born in a home of everybody doing their own thing, going to their own places, going to their own churches, doing their own religions, practicing their own beliefs. Everybody had their own beliefs at my home. Like, my grandparents were going to this church, my aunt going to this church, my uncle this church, my father practicing these beliefs. So I grew up in a mixed up religious family where, you know, I had to choose who I go with to church on a Sunday. I had to choose what I'm doing on a Sunday. It's that I'm going to church or I'm not going to church. It was all up to me. I was not told to go to church. I was not told to believe in certain things. It was a choice. It's either you're going to church or you're not going to church. It's up to you. That's how I grew up. So I was not born in a Christian family. Well, my mother's side are believers they've been believers for as long as i can remember but boy i was raised mm -mm. they're not christians okay they have their own thing going on and things like that so as a child i went to different churches i went to different religion i practiced different beliefs as I was growing up, there were Sundays I would go with my grandparents to church. Other Sundays I would go with my aunt to church. Other Sundays I would go with my uncle to church. Other Sundays I would go to whatever, you know. So uh, as a child, I was confused into what is right and what is not right. Because in this church, they are saying this is right. In this church, they are saying this is right. In this beliefs they are saying this is right so I grew up in a place where one thing that was you know a foundation was our the traditional practices they practice this traditional beliefs of sangomas and ancestors and things like that that is something they all believed in but in terms of church they all went to different churches so that got me like a little bit confused of um, what to believe in like so I was just I was just leaving and I was just going to any church I felt like um, 
I want to go to that Sunday. I was going to any conference I felt like I want to go to that's that weekend or anything like that. It was not like I had this specific belief or this specific religion that I was following. Nope. But I was so interested in traditional practices for such a long time. I enjoyed going to, you know, the um, ceremonies and celebrations and things like that. Um, you know, I really had uh, this belief or this um, understanding of traditional practices and ancestors and this and that. So that's why when I say God is the only way to go, I mean, I mean it because I know both sides. I know this side and I've tested this side and I know for a fact that the side that I'm on now is the right path to go. I'm not saying anything about anybody's belief. I'm just saying what I believe in and how I came about it. That's it. So, um, yeah, I was okay with it. I thought it was an interesting part. I thought, you know, growing up, going to different things, you know, exploring different things was I can was kind of cool. You know, today I'm in CCC, I'm wearing dukes, I'm wearing skirts, I'm wearing, you know, cardigans. Tomorrow I'm in postal, um, you know, with clapping hands. We we beating drums and doing that. Tomorrow I'm in traditional practices. They're beating up drums. They're dancing and doing all those things. Tomorrow I'm in Catholic. We're beating up that small pillow or whatever it's called. We're beating up beats. You know, all those things. So I've tested literally most of the religious practices in South Africa, basically. So, um... Um, I also I also grew up in a very big family. Um, I grew up with my grandparents, my aunt, my uncle and his wife and his kids, my father and his wife and his kid, myself. Yeah. So we were plus minus sixteen. Yeah, plus minus sixteen. So it was such a huge, huge, huge family. So I grew up feeling rejected and unwanted because um everybody like my cousins my my half siblings they were getting all the attention from their parents you know both parents and i will only get you know small attention from my grandparents and my and my dad because my mom was staying in Joburg and i was living in Hamans with my father and his other wife and the rest of the family so i grew up as you know a child who never felt important who never felt wanted who never felt loved i always felt rejected like i felt like through all my childhood one thing that can sum up my childhood is rejection and i don't think they are aware that they were rejecting me or anything like that but that's just how things played out for me as i was growing up um because um you know my my siblings will have you know that you know sense of love from their mom and my dad both my their mom and my dad and i will only have that sense of love in a broken you know vessel or in a broken picture because my mom was loving me when she's 
that side my father is loving me when he's here but he's not giving me the attention that i would like to receive and my grandparents were busy with both working and you know doing their own things my uncle had his own kids to look after my aunt has his own kids to look after and i'm just there i felt like an outcast to be honest i felt like i was not belonging yeah i felt like i didn't belong in my family i felt like i was just there you know the only thing that i was grateful for is the roof under my head the provision that i got they were providing for me. I never slept hungry. I never went to school without lunch. I never, you know, they were providing financially. They were there and everything. But in terms of emotionally, they weren't present. Like, I'll go to school and come back. Nobody knows if I, have at home, if I have homework. Nobody knows how my grades are. They only know that I'm going to the next grade. They never knew how I was doing throughout the year. They never knew how I was performing in class. Because I was like i was i was doing my best like i was the best learner in class i was getting good grades and you know receiving all those you know you know acknowledgement awards in school and saying you know you're doing this and that i was involved in athletics i was still playing netball like i was i was i was a busy child because i wanted to keep myself busy because at home there was literally nothing good that I was looking forward to so I always knock off late at school you know with my athletic life my netball life and everything like that I got involved in choir unfortunately they kicked me out because I cannot sing okay there was a time in choir where the teacher said we should sing individually so it was my turn and you know my divorce decided to do its own thing and they was like, no, you can't do it, you can't sing. Sorry, but then we need to cut you out. I was cut out. I felt bad, but yeah, it is what it is. I laugh about it today. Though. I have a voice that sounds like I can sing. But to be honest, I cannot sing to even save my life. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, that's that's the environment I grew up in. And um, I grew up as an angry child due to things that I've experienced as a child, which are things I'm not ready to, to like be open about yet. So when time goes by, I will share my childhood testimony where I go into details of things that I've experienced, okay? So those things that I've experienced molded me into this angry, bitter, rude, disrespectful child. And I don't blame myself, honestly. I just blame I don't blame any like I don't blame anybody. I just, you know, blame my past. I just blame my past because my past really stole my childhood from me. I oh god. Yeah. But yeah. I grew up as an angry child. I remember my grandmother was like when I get to meet when you when you're at home you are angry and you are rude and you are bitter but when you are outside playing with other kids and when you are at other people's places you are this ex excited and this jolly and bubbly child i'm like yeah there's a reason for that okay so but mm. at home i was so angry 
it was hard to see me laugh, to see me, you know, bubbly and everything like that. I was so angry. I was disrespectful. I was bitter. I was rude. That's how I grew up. And I, God is still working at me. God is still working on me because I still have such traits even today you know i'm still i still have days where i'm super angry and super rude and super bitter especially when something provokes me that reminds me of my childhood that reminds me of my upbringing it just frustrates me and you know take me back to that to that person take me back to to that younger me okay which is which was such a sad 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 child so yeah i grew up as a bitter child rude angry and things like that um to be honest i don't have any good childhood memories there's nothing i can say right now that i can laugh about and the only things that the only things that i experienced as a child that i can laugh about are outside home are at school maybe you know playing in playgrounds and anything but there's nothing interesting about my childhood that we can laugh about so sorry we can't we can't say much about that so um my mom and dad were married once and they divorced and that literally made me so sad i think they divorced when i was in grade two or three i'm not really sure so even when i trace back the moment all the days where I lived with both my parents, it was a mess. Okay, <laughs> I'm laughing, but it was it was a mess. It was such a broken family. There was such yeah. Oh, guys, my mom and dad were fighting literally every single time for as much as I can remember. They were chasing each other. They were beating each other up. They were you know it was it was that kind of. A household and to be honest that was the first thing that messed me up it was how broken my mom and dad were and they are you know their broken pieces pierced my heart to a point where now I need to deal with healing you know I need to start this healing journey and heal from you know my childhood but I don't blame any of them they were just unequally yoked they were just not good for each other thing they loved each other i believe but unfortunately their love story couldn't couldn't work and i feel like you know experiencing or being exposed to a failed marriage and a failed a broken family made me have a different outlook on love like make me have a different outlook on love make me like settle for less settle for things that settle for toxic people toxic relationship and friendship because i don't know a love like a relationship or a marriage that is full of love and joy and excitement and all this kind of things so I cannot portray what I don't know, okay? The Bible says, my people are dying because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge is key. If you don't know something, there's no way you can live it up. So I lived up what I knew. I lived up what I've experienced. So my relationships, my friendships were all wreck and toxic because of my experience with my mom and dad's relationship. My grandparents' relationship as well was... They've been married for years, but they, oh guys, it was just, it was not, it was 
it's not something good to experience to be honest but let's just um fast forward to 2010 um so in 2010 i moved from amanskwa to sushanguve um i started attending in princess park college princess park college that's when i was exposed to the christianity or to the christian belief and christian practices that's when i got exposed to jesus that's when i got exposed to god and the idea of jesus dying for me the idea of the blood the idea of calvary the idea of love and all those things and in that moment that's when i you know started longing to know god more i started long i started being interested in the christian Christian belief and I started you know to go to church and you know get this understanding of life and get this understanding of there is God there is this higher power and there is this big man up in heaven who's ruling everything so I got saved that's when I received Christ in 2010 when I was doing grade 8 and I got saved and I was so eager to know God. I was so on fire for God. I was just, guys, like in a period of three months, I have studied the entire Bible. Like, that's how excited I was of the idea of knowing God. Like, this belief was different from anything that I know. It was different from every religious practices that I know. It was different from every traditional practices that I know. This one was bringing full for me. This one was making me feel whole and loved. Even, even though I felt like my family didn't love me, they didn't want me. That's why they were taking me from one place to another. Because guys, I was a tourist of life, okay? I stated well, I stayed with my parents. I moved to my grandparents in Pumalanga. I moved again to Hamanskra, from Hamanskra to Sushanguve, Sushanguve back to Hamanskra. Hamanskra, guys, I was just a tourist of life. And that felt, made me feel like I am unwanted. I'm, it made me feel like nobody want to stay with me. Nobody can keep up with me and things like that. And I know probably it wasn't like that, but that's just how I felt. And it had a negative impact in 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 the outlook of life in how i see life and how i perceive life so yeah i was in a period of three months i was studying the bible every single day i will come back to school i will open up the bible i will study i will i was like i was i was on fire for god you know i was just loving the idea of being a christian i don't think i was a christian christian i was not saved saved but I was born again. But I was not walking the Christian walk. I was just loving the idea of being Christian. But I was not literally walking the Christian life. So, yeah, I, you know, I seek God. I seek the face of God. I was praying. I was going to church. I... I was eating Holy Communion. I was attending conferences left, right, and center. I got baptized, guys. Like in a period of let's get ignorant. In a period of three years, I was just doing the most in the things of God. I was doing ushering. I was like I was everywhere. Then I had to walk back to Hamanskwa. I went back to Hamanskwa. 
I was still on fire for God. I still loved God. I still had my Bible. I still have my gospel, gospel music. I still had my sermons. I still have my Christian books. I still have all of that. And when I got there, I didn't know of any Christian church that I can go to. So what I did is I was just reading my Bible. I didn't go to church. I didn't attend church. I was just reading my Bible. One gospel was my favorite channel. I will... 341, 342, 343 on DSTV. Those are what, those were the channels I was watching to feed myself. I was watching like TD Jakes. I was watching like Joyce Meyer. I was watching John Cray. Like those, you know, me, those amazing ministers. I was feeding myself from that. And to be honest, that is not enough. Like, we need to go to church. We need to be held accountable. We need to grow in our service to God. Like, that was just not doing it for me. So, this is where the tea gets hot, okay? So, your girl, I started falling in love. I got in a relationship and I call the relationship the biggest distraction of my life like because that relationship literally is the reason why i am born again like is the reason why i'm saved saved okay that relationship literally forced me to give my entire self to christ so i, I just want to take you guys step by step okay so what happened is um there was this guy who texted me but by the time he texted me, the phone that I was using was now being used by my cousin. So my cousin was using my phone and was also using my SIM card. So when this guy texted me, my my cousin by that time was using my phone. And this guy was like, my name is blah, 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 da, 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 da. I don't know if I should mention his name. Should I mention his name? I know he won't even dare listen to this podcast. So let me just mention him. So Kakeo texted my cousin. And he was like, hi, my name is Katleho. I saw you I saw you in the mall and I was afraid to approach you. Da, 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 da. I got your contacts from your friends. And my cousin was like, um, who are you looking for? And he was like, I'm looking for Gidumit. And my cousin was like, oh, no, I have her phone. So I can give you her other number so that you can contact her. So my cousin texted me. I was like, no, don't give him my numbers. Don't give him my number. I'm not interested. So yeah, fast forward, we went to at home. There was this graduation celebration of my aunt. All my aunts who graduated, my granny did this, you know, celebration for them. So we went there, and then that's where I met my cousin. And my cousin, you know, started telling me about this guy. How this guy is so interested. How this guy is eager to meet me. How with this guy, the way this guy loves me and likes me and all those juicy part of it, the story and i was like you know what it's cool can i see his picture and i saw his picture and was like mm, he's not bad and yeah i was like okay cool give him my numbers so my cousin she gave got all my numbers and we started texting and we he asked that we should meet up and i was like okay come like come through by my place and let's see what you got going on so he came through it was around nine 
excuse me it was around nine and we spoke we like he told me how he likes me da, 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 da. and i was like okay you know what let's just give it a chance let's just give it a try let's give it a shot okay so we started texting we started meeting up we started you know talking and things like that and your girl started to fall in love i don't even want to call it love but yeah i started to love this guy and i started to see myself as his girlfriend seeing him as my boyfriend and i was just like wow god i met my husband like i remember the night i prayed I was like god thank you so much thank you so much for bringing this man into my life he's so amazing and i know and i followed in my spirit that this man is my husband i feel in my spirit that this thing has your handwriting all over it i know this is you guys I was praying day and night for this man. I was so excited. I was happy. I was so sure that this man was from God. Mm. Unfortunately, I lied to myself, okay? I lied to myself and yeah, that's that. He was not a man from God. Maybe basically God allowed him to be part of my life to teach me some things, but he was not my husband. Since hence we are not together, like we broke up, so so let me take you guys through our relationship this guy was amazing he was i don't want to lie about him honestly he did absolutely not so much wrong things he did a lot of good things but he did a couple of wrong things that led me to be a homeless which led me to christ but it's okay let's take it once the better time so he was such an amazing guy he was driving he was doing his final year in tut i was doing my final year in high school so i was doing grade 12 he was doing his final year when we met when we started dating so he will pick me up in school you know drop me off we will spend time together i remember the time um I think it was the time of idols yeah we will watch idols together we used to love idols together we used to debate on oh, oh wow this one you know deserved to be on top 10 this one like things like it was just a beautiful relationship at the beginning like i think the first three to five months of it it was beautiful it was amazing it was great and i was loving every moment of it the problem is losing sight of god guys i i lost sight of god okay i gave my everything to this guy i made him my priority i made him my number one i made him everything i removed god from his throne i put this guy in a place where god deserves to be and you know what when you idolize something it always backfires like don't idolize anything i don't care if god said that man is your husband if you saw fifty thousand visions but never idolize a man never idolize a relationship even a marriage never put anything before god because it will break you okay it will mess you up it will destroy you so don't do it please don't do it don't do it so i went in this relationship with my all including my salvation um i literally couldn't care what the bible says about you know sex before marriage about unequally yoked relationships about because he was not a believer he used to tell me like i know there's god somewhere but he didn't go to church 
He was such an amazing guy, but he didn't go to jail. I had it in my mind that I can be able to change this guy. I was like, I will be able to change him and make him this God-fearing man and make him this, you know, amazing God-fearing man. But who are you to change a man? That is something I had to ask myself. Like, girl, you you didn't create this guy. How are you gonna how are you gonna change him? Like, are you God? You can't even change yourself. How are you gonna change another human being? Like, duh. Like, guys, you can never change a man, okay? You can never change a man. So I thought I can change a man. I thought I can change him. I started praying for him. I started telling him about Jesus. I'm like, you know, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to take God serious. We need to go to church together. I had this, you know, beautiful picture of us worshiping God together, seeking God together, going to church together. Praying for to praying for each other, laying hands on each other, speaking words of love on each other. I had this picture that it blindfolded me from the truth. It literally made me lose sight of what the truth is, made me lose sight of the red flags and everything that it oh god. You know. So um yeah, so I I we started having sex. <coughs> yeah. We start having sex, guys. <sighs> let me breathe a little bit. Okay, let me catch my breath. So we started having sex, and I remember the first time I had sex with them, I felt something leaving me. I don't know how to explain it. I don't, I'm not trying to be extra. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to add some spice. But I remember I felt something leaving me. And from that moment, I was so emotionally attached to this guy. I was literally emotionally attached to him to a point where I didn't want anything else but him. I didn't want to talk to anybody else but him. I didn't want to text anybody else but him. I didn't want to call anybody else but him. He was my everything. He was my everything thing with a capital E okay he was like my everything and there were times where I felt like he didn't want me anymore so I, I had to see it and I was like it means what can you do to keep this man because it feels like this man is about to leave you because of your insecurities you know guys I complain a lot we thank God for the grace but I'm one person that complains I complain for things I don't know why I think that's how I grew up and I grew up in a space where it made me to never appreciate anything so I complain about every I started complaining I started being insecure I started um cautioning him about his whereabouts what are you doing who are you with I don't trust you give this and that phone to like I started doing those crazy things and my guy was literally fed up with me and he started being distant and i felt like wow i'm losing this guy and i was like i'm not about to lose this man i'm not about to lose my husband i'm not about to lose this man so what i did is i made sure that i slept with him i made sure that i have sex with him at every given moment just to make him just to let him know that I want him, I want him to be part of my life, and all that. I did everything in my power to keep this man. I did everything in my power to, to like, 
grow this relationship to make this relationship alive you know i was i was literally watering a dead plant and it was draining it was frustrating it was emotionally draining and i was deep in it like i was deep in fornication that i lost sight of god i lost sight of who i am i compromised my belief i compromised who i was i compromised what i believe in to keep a man to keep a man happy to keep a man in my life and to you know you know what when you when you grew up in a place where you never felt loved you start seeking love in wrong places and you do wrong things to get that love so, and uh, uh, and like in my childhood i never felt loved one bit like right now i thank god because my family is loving on me so hard they know how to love on me they know how to give me the attention that i like you know right now god is just that's my notebook sorry right now god is literally waking it out and they know how to love me but then they didn't show me love that they didn't make me feel that i'm wanted and i'm important they didn't give me so much of an attention so i this man was my only hope of love my only hope of feeling wanted feeling important feeling beautiful feeling like my confidence my being everything was centered in this man so i had to do everything i know how to keep this man by my side and me doing all of that i lost sight of god i lost sight of myself i lost myself in the process of keeping somebody and it was just bad it was a mess and by the time this man left me i was i was a whole mess okay let me let me let me not rush this let me not rush this story let me put it out there you can never keep a man who has made up their mind that they want out of that relationship there's no amount of sex no amount of prayer no amount of fasting no amount of whatsoever that you do to try to keep a man that is not even part of your destiny not part of your the plan that god has for you not part of your purpose the purpose of god and not even within the will of god there is nothing you can do to keep that man i don't care how many times you sleep with that man if a man has made up his mind that he's done with you he's done with you he's done with you okay so i had to put it out there because by that time I didn't know that I this man was so sure that he's done with with my BS he's done with me he's done with my drama my insecurities my lack of confidence he used to tell me why you all why do you always want me to tell you that you're beautiful don't you know that you're beautiful can't you see that you're beautiful like don't you feel beautiful if I don't say it and to be honest I didn't feel beautiful like I have better self-esteem for the longest time i'm still working on myself i'm still god is still working on me we thank god for the grace we thank god for salvation hallelujah so my everything was centered in this man so i was like if i lose this man i lose myself i lose that one 
thing that loves me i will lose that one thing that makes me feel beautiful for enough for wanted for attractive you understand so i did everything i did all the amount of sex you can think of to keep this man every time i slept with this man something was leaving me every time i was sleeping with this man i was literally building a wall between me and god every time i was sleeping with this man i was losing myself in the process and we did sex for such a long time we did it for a long period of time and oh god you see the longer you entertain destruction, the easier it is for you to compromise your belief, your morals, and your standard. The longer you entertain something that takes you away from God, it is easy for you to compromise your relationship with God for, for something of the moment. Fornication, it's, to be honest, sex, let's this is a place it's a safe space we we are real here sex it's good we don't want to lie about it it's nice the pleasure of it and everything but it's a pleasure of a moment you don't want to lose something of eternity for something of the moment you don't want to lose a pleasure of eternal an eternal pleasure for a pleasure of the moment guys sex it's good it's great and it was created by god it's a God-ordained thing, but it's meant for specific people and it's meant for a specific dimension. You need to be married for you to enjoy this gift. So that's why when you are not married, it takes from you than giving to you. Like, it takes a lot from you than giving to you. So, yeah, so I lost myself in, in this whole thing. I was just doing the most i did everything in my power to save my relationship to save my my idea of being loved to save this thing that gives me hope that makes me for wonder i remember my grade 12 was one of the best life like but the best year of my life because i was on top of the world i was confident i was loved i was Guys, I was feeling the best. Like, I was one of the happiest girl on earth during my grade 12 year. But September of my grade 12, September of 2018, mm -mm, sorry, 2014. Oh, guys, I'm old. September of 2014, when I was doing grade 12, this man woke up one day and texted me and be like, dude can we take a break okay hold up taking a break for what let me tell you something when somebody say let's take a break they are done with you okay most of the time they are especially if you guys are not in courtship or you guys are not in a relationship that is centered with god sometimes i feel like god in like when you guys when you are in a relationship and god is the center god can call you guys in a period of separation where god wants you to focus on you and like you know take time off from each other only if you are your relationship centered in god yeah then breaks do happen but if your relationship 
it's not centered in God. When a man says, let's take a break, you know that that's the end of your relationship. So we took a break. I cried so bad. I cried for the whole week. I remember I was crying for the whole week. I called my friend, Claudia and the father was like, dude, God broke up with me. And then she was like, what did he say? What happened? What did you do? This and that, 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 that. I was like, dude, this guy told me that we need to take a break. She laughed. She was like, no, he's not breaking up with you. Maybe he needs to think, blah, blah, blah. And I constantly texted this man. I was checking up on him. I was like, how are you doing it? This and that. And he was like, you are a burden. How you feel like a burden right now? I was like, wait a minute, what? I'll stop texting me, give me a break because you feel like a burden. At that moment, I researched the word burden. I had to go to Google and just to have a clear understanding of what this man is saying. I knew what a burden is. I knew the definition of what a burden is. I know that maybe this guy was saying, you know, I'm heavy on him and things like that. I had to Google. The way I was going crazy, I had to go on Google and search what a burden is. I asked like I asked a lot of people. I copied and pasted that means like, dude, kind of what what does this mean? What is this man trying to tell me? And from that moment, I knew that my relationship was over. And that drove me into this wild animal. From that moment, I cried for the whole month. I slept crying. I cried myself to sleep for the whole month of September. I will never forget. I would go to school. It was, it was a term of writing preparatory exam. I failed every single subject. One level one 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 in every single subject. I went to those tests without studying, with nothing. I went, you know, my friends will tell you I was so. But that time I didn't know what depression is. But I was so sad. I was broken. I was oh god. I failed. September. I remember I was called to the principal office and they were told. They told me that. Uh, like possibilities of me not making it to like me not passing my grade 12 is 90% and I, you know by that time I didn't give I didn't care okay I was like cool like if that's it that's it I don't care like why like you know what it's cool so I felt I was watching nigerian movies so bad and every time i was watching a nigerian movie i was it was a love story that was so beautiful and i was crying crying i started listening to adele adele was my favorite artist i listen you know chasing pavement do that was my favorite song that was my anthem that was a song that i listened to every single night i cried i played adele play chasing pavement do i give up or do i still chasing pavements something says still chase pavements chase pavement chase pavement and i was like okay cool then I matriculated, I passed, glory to God, passed with God marks. I passed and now we are in 2015. So in 2015, 
I didn't register, I didn't apply for any university or anything like that. I'm sitting at home. Every single day, I'm thinking, 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 I'm thinking, I'm like, God, why did this man leave me like this? And I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with God. I've been praying to bring this man back into my life. I've been praying, I've been praying, and you're not doing anything. So by God, we done. We done. We done. And I was like, I was done. And I started smoking. I started drinking. I started clapping. I started sleeping around. I don't know if... You know what? I'm trying to be transparent. I'm sorry. Please don't judge me. It's just the truth. Mom, I know you don't know much about me. A lot of people don't know much about me. But my family, they can testify that Kitumizi was such a wild animal. I was, I went from being a tortoise to being a lion. I went from being a chameleon to being a tiger. Wild. I was so wild. So um, I started feeling so empty. I was so, so empty. So I was like seeking something to fill me up. I was, there was this void in me that needed feeling. There was this emptiness in me that this guy left that I needed to fill it with something. So I ran to alcohol. I ran to weed. I ran to sex. I ran to men. I ran to everything else except God started clapping i remember me and my then best friend we used to go to zoom cafe we'll drink or we'll smoke weed we'll be she was a good girl she was drinking normally she was doing things she was working she had her life at least figured out i was just there no school i i only have my bachelor i have no school i have nothing it's just me and my matrix certificate and that's it every weekend zoom cafe we're going to a place called city we're going to a place called tapedo we are just wilding out i was drinking so heavily that every time my mom would send me money the only thing that i would do is buy weed buy alcohol go out buy weed buy alcohol go out i had to do things like seduce people oh god it's it's too much i started seducing men you know getting men into buying us things you know doing all those wild things um i attended this you know dr mylinga used to host this thing um at this one stadium so i used to go there we'll you know we'll buy alcohol we are we were just the two of us but we'll buy alcohol like like crazy i you know i was People who know me um, in 2015, like people who know me on Twitter in 2015 and 2016, they will testify that my tweets were wild. I was addicted to pornography. I was meeting up with men in, on Twitter. Guys, I met up, so, like, I met with so many people on Twitter. I won't mention names, they know themselves. You know, I was so lonely. I was so desperate for love. I was so desperate 
for fulfillment. I was so desperate, desperate, desperate that I started seeking it in wrong places. Like this man, when I tell you fornication, it's not a game. This man left with something that I tried. I did everything to get back. I did everything. I did sex. I did sweet. I did alcohol. I did clapping. I did man i did all those kind of things but it was still not enough i made up with, i started meeting up with men the tweets that i were put the tweets that i was i was tweeting on twitter were portraying this image of it's like you know i'm seeking sex people would my dms by that time were people would dm me with their private parts like people would dm me and be like let's meet up i'm like, like no yeah cool at that moment i was not getting in a relationship i was just sleeping i was just okay you want to meet up let's meet up ba, 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 sex ba, ba, ba. move on oh hey hi how are you doing i'm Karanka. oh you want to meet up okay we can meet up at this place da, 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 da. we meet up B, you know we we used to have bpm is it bpm the one yeah yeah blackberry yeah i used to meet up with people da, 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 meet up have sex move along they will call me People will pursue relationship with me and I was not there. I'm not, I was not interested in a relationship. I just want to have sex, move on. I just want you to buy me things. I just want to feel, you know, wanted. That's all I wanted. I wanted to feel what At this point of time, I didn't care about being loved. I just want to feel attractive and wanted. So I did a lot of things, guys, that I'm not proud of and... But I'm owning up my story. I'm owning up my mistakes. And this is my journey. This is my story. This is things that I, that literally forced me to knock out. So yeah, I started going around, sleeping around, meeting Twitter people, meeting, meeting B, BBM people, you know, meeting with different kinds of guys. They, not all of them. I didn't sleep with all of them. But those who I, I was interested in, I was, you know, I will spend weekends away from home i will lie and i'll be like i'm going i'm sorry but i'm sorry that my family has to find out like this but yeah, i used to lie and be like i'm going to sushangube because what happened is every time i go from hamas when i go to sushangube from hamaska nobody will check if i made it to sushangube nobody will call no like there was no communication between my family my father's side and my mother's side and communicate and be like get me did get me all right so i always say i'm going to sushangove can i will go in to meet up with the man somewhere in town somewhere in Artridville. i'll spend the weekend then i'll come back he will buy me things and get me money and i'll come back and life will continue i'll meet up with someone you know so from that moment i never pursued any relationship i never got into any relationship it, it was only situationship okay it was only about sex money cars enjoying myself and things like that well and yeah i tried to get into a relationship with this guy because i thought he was cute Taiwan, and it didn't work out it backfired so bad mm, i was not interested the guy was into me but i was not there i was like now i know like most of the time this kind of stories it's it's it we have made vision of them but i'm sorry i did all those nonsense when i was in my feelings 
and I was still not over my ex, like literally, I was still not, I will see him and I will shake, I will shake, I will, that if I see him today, trust me, I'll sleep crying that night. If I see him today, I'll see, that night I will cry myself to sleep because there was a spiritual bond. There was a, you know, when this, the Bible says, when women and men come together they become one flesh there was that sense of one flesh that made me so attached to him that every time when i see him i cry i couldn't get over him and things like that so yeah so yeah i you know 2015 i was wild 2016 i was wild and um it got to a point where i started feeling so sad lonely and none no amount of sex and alcohol and weed can fulfill that emptiness anymore if no matter how much i have sex no matter how much i watch porn and masturbate no matter how much i do all those weird things nothing was fulfilling nothing was making me whole nothing was filling the gap nothing i was crying I remember I was there was this time I was crying and I was like God I need you I cried to God I was like God I need you I can't do this anymore I need you in my life this and that and by that time the devil started whispering lies the devil started saying things like you are not worthy enough to go to church you are not good enough to pray you are not good enough to serve God then bounce from God and his light I had to sin to to keep myself sane like because every time i try to seek god and try to pray there's this voices remember yesterday what you did remember the amount of porn you are watching remember the things you're doing remember the weed that you have in your room the space cookies you are selling oh do you remember that oh do you remember that man you're sleeping with oh do you remember what you did yesterday so it, i could my the guilt the condemnation was just too high that i bounced back to sin sin was the only thing that was keeping me moving sin was the only thing that was keeping me alive even though it was destroying me and killing me and making me sad but it was the only thing that i can hold on to because it was the only thing that made sense I try so much to go back to god i tried to open up the bible and read scriptures it was not working then I got invited to a conference, not even even, this is a conference that I, I go to every year. So it's in like every year in September in Shalom Christian Worship Center, they hold um, a Thanksgiving conference where they thank the Lord. It's like their anniversary conference. Yeah, so that's when they thank the Lord for all the years the Lord has been with them as a church and as a ministry. So... 2016 September, I will never forget it. 2016 September, I went to attend a conference in Shalom Christian Worship Center. When I got there, I was an usher. I ushered and everything. And before I went there, I, I told God that I am giving you a chance to snatch me out of the scene, to snatch me out of this life and take me back to yourself. Or else I am ending my own life because in that, those period before I go to before I went to this conference I attempted to take my own life so many times I attempted to I remember this other time I poured milk and jig in a glass and I took pause and I was ready to drink 
and something distracted me and I couldn't go through with it. There were times I, I, need, I wanted to cut myself. There were times I wanted to hang myself. There were times I wanted to starve my. There were times I was not eating. I was starving myself. And I was hoping that I would die of starvation, but it didn't happen. So I was like, God, I am fed up. I am, you know, I am tired of this life. It's either you take me or I take my life. It's either you bring me back to yourself. It's either you reach out to me. You, your hand, the Bible says his hand, it's not short enough. It's not short to reach out. So I was telling God that, man, you need to pick me up. You need to take me back to yourself. So I, I pray that when I go to this conference, I will have an encounter with Jesus. Because that encounter with Jesus will determine if I will be alive or dead. So I went to, I went to Shalom Christian Muslim Center. It was an amazing conference. A day, I remember, I think it was on, on a Saturday. And then it was Prophet Maputoma, if I'm not mistaken, a prophet who is in a wheelchair, one mighty prophet of God. And when I was looking at his wheelchair, I saw fire. I had an encounter with God that moment. I was looking at him as he was going up and down and preaching. Bear in mind, he was not professing, he was not doing anything, he was preaching. But as I was looking at his wheelchair, I saw fire. Like I couldn't look at him. I fall down and in that moment I literally everything switched I was in this place and I I felt a hand touch me and I heard a voice saying I love you I love you with your mistakes I love you with every bad decision that you've made I love you with your brokenness with your emptiness I love you that's it. That's, that was the first time I heard the voice of God. I've been seeking God before I fell into this wild life. I've never heard such a voice that is convicting, that is so reassuring, that is like God. Like, it was so beautiful. And I remember I cried. I cried so bad that night and I just said thank you Jesus and I remember God told me that you are not too far gone for me to reach you you are not too dirty for me to wash you your mistakes are not way too much for me to forgive and I was like wow God this was like beautiful and I know that for a fact that God loves me because I experienced God for myself. He told me things that I've been reading in the Bible manifested through his voice. And I remember they called me out and they prophesied to me. And the same thing that God said to me, the same thing that men of God said to me, he was like, God loves you. <laughs> He loves you with your mistakes. He loves you with your bad decision. Like God loves you. And he wants you to know that he loves you. That's all he said to me. And he prayed. He laid hands on me. And it was, it was just amazing. 
it was just an amazing experience I broke down like I cried like it was God with everything that I've done you love me like that's an amazing 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 thing from that moment I rededicated my life to Christ I was like, I'm done with all the shenane, I'm done with all the sleeping around, with all the drinking, the weed, and all of that. I am done with all of that. I want to be with you. I want to, I long for you. I want to be all about you. And God accepted me as I am. And he gave me a new life. And I am this woman of God who loves God, who's on fire for God. Not because of what somebody else told me about God, but because of my own personal experience of God. And that's how I came to Christ. My journey started in 2016. That's how I came to know God. So, yeah, guys, wow. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'll end it here watch out for part two of my testimony that's where i will discuss more of how life unfolded after rededicating my love to christ god is amazing god loves us and i'm so grateful for the love of god i am so grateful for his love i am so grateful he loves me and i know that so yeah so even though i i felt so useless i felt like God can never like use me or want me or anything like that. I felt dirty and I'm worthy to be called his own. But even though I was, you know, I was dead in sin, I became alive in Christ. That's the beautiful part of of my story is that even though I was dead in sin, I was dead in fornication, I was dead in, you know, addictions and dead in alcohol, dead in all those kind of things. I became alive in Christ. The moment God told me that he loves me, I became alive in him. Yes, I was bound by shame. I was bound by shame. I'm like, what will people think? People know that I've been doing one, two, three. People know that I was this girl, I was that girl. So now I'm here coming to his church, lifting up my, my hand and acting like, you know, I'm this holy person and everything like that. I was so bound by shame, but now I am redeemed by the grace of God. I was cursed definitely by hell. I was cursed with hell actually. But now I know that I am blessed with hope. I'm blessed with hope of saying I can see where I am going. I can decide right now that if I want to see myself with Christ, if I want to see myself with God in eternity, then I know for a fact that I need to constantly sit at the feet of Christ. Who I was doesn't determine who I am. What I did doesn't limit what God can do through me. Like, yes, I was that white girl, but that doesn't determine who I am in Christ. That what defines me, it's who's, who Christ says I am. My past mistakes doesn't cancel my purpose in God. My past mistakes doesn't cancel my calling God. I am who Christ says I am. I am not my past mistakes or choices. I am loved and I am to die for. That's what Christ said. He said, I'm worthy to die for. My future has no room for my past, actually. I will not be stuck in a moment or a time frame in my life that is over. Like what I did in the past is in the past. 
I am where God wants me to be at this very moment. I know who I really am in Christ. I am a young woman of peoples. And there's a huge calling upon my life. God's love changed my life. And he can do that for you too. He is in the business of transforming lives. He is in the business of delivering people. He is in the business of turning people's lives around. He is in the business of taking your mess and making it your message. He has a plan and purpose for all of us, regardless of our past, regardless of what we have done before, regardless of what we did not do, regardless of anything. He still has a plan and purpose for us. Even though we feel like we are not qualified to be called his own, even though we feel like we are not qualified to be used by him, but he he qualifies us through his love, through the blood of Jesus. The moment we say we receive him as our personal savior, he qualifies us to be his child, to be used by him, to be exactly who he has called us to be. Um, I even remember like the story of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul's mistakes never stopped God from using him. I mean, he did a lot of terrible things, but when God snatched him out from the hand of the kingdom of darkness and started using him, he became he became like such a great apostle. He wrote most of the books in the Bible. So this shows me like I always comfort myself for the story of Apostle Paul. I'm like, if God can turn around his life and use him in that way, then it is also possible with me. The same thing that God did in the Bible is the same thing that God can do today because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He remains the same. So I always remind myself that, you know what, Miguel, you did things, yes, you did one, two, three, and that, and that. But the grace of God upon your life is transforming you. The mercy that God has upon you, it's transforming you into becoming this girl that God has called you to be. Now, I, you know, boldly, I can say I am loved. And I am trying every single day when I wake up to love God back. You know, I know that he loved me. The Bible says he first loved us. So it is my job right now and my duty to try, like, to, to love God back. That is all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to love him back through my obedience, through my service in his church, through sitting at his feet every single day, through prayer. I'm trying to love God back because I know that he loves me. So I want to, I want to encourage you that never, never feel like you're unworthy of God's love or you, you don't deserve to be used by God because of your past mistakes. Your past mistakes do not define you. What defines you is what God says you are and who God says you are. What defines you isn't the blood of Jesus. What defines you isn't Christ. You are who God says you are. You are worth it. You are loved fearfully and wonderfully made. You are called for such a time as this. God want to use you. God has a plan for you no matter what you, you went through, no matter what you've done in this life. God loves you and he want to use you. Like That's it. So my story literally is one thing that I want to leave you guys with is that you are not too far gone for God to reach you out. I mean, you are not too deep in sin for God to reach you out. God can still reach you out in that addiction. God can still reach you out in that, you know, in that life, you know, of, of, of drinking and smoking and, you know, sex and, you know, all those kind of things that the, 
things, those things that doesn't align with the things of God. God can still reach you out. His hand is not too short to save you from whatever. So I just want to let you know that instead of running from God and running from what will people say about you, run towards God. Don't care about what people will say. People will always have something to say. Like people started asking me, how are you preaching the gospel of God if you did, you did one, two, three, one, two, three? I mean, I know for a fact you didn't change. You go back to the same person that you were. And I didn't, you know, at, at the point it affected me. But I remembered one thing, that people's op opinion do not, you know, do not, do not frame me like what God says. It's what I'm going to run with. I don't care what other people are saying. I don't care what the devil is saying. I don't care what hell is waging war against me. I, what I care about is what God told me. It's what the Bible, the word of God says. It's what God says in his word. So that's it, period. I am saved, I am loved, and I am chosen, and I am called. That's it. So thank you so much for joining me again tonight. I hope you guys have enjoyed this, and I hope you guys, you're going to learn something. I hope this impact you, inspire, encourage you. you know, I hope you get something out of this long episode. Thank you so much for joining me.